You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. It's a sunny day. Today is August the 27th. And uh, Corvettes of Carlisle is going on, we were just talking about. I'm seeing Corvettes flying down the turnpike, heading west. Saw a few at Dunkin' Donuts, this Dunkin' Donuts, plural, plural. I don't know, is it donut or donuts? They call it Dunkin' now, isn't it? Oh, just isn't Dunkin' Because oh, right. they, do, they do more than donuts. <laughs> well, they don't do donuts. Like, I'm sorry, Dunkin' Donuts. I like you. You're nice. I can get donuts every Saturday morning from there. That's but right. I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Ooh. You just don't see those around hey, here as much. Come on, Morgantown. Get, <laughs> get, get with it. <laughs> we got a Domino's coming, though. Woo! Is that right? And apparently we have a new casino that's been here for a year. <laughs> We're it's having the Stuart Howden. <laughs> They'll have the Stuart Howden Memorial Room at the casino. Well, memorial, I've been, yeah, well, honor, honor, honorable yeah. Stuart well, Howden. Yeah, how do you honor somebody when they're still alive? Whatever that term is. You're going to create a poker pit named after you. <laughs> I seem to be doing well with the video poker over there for whatever reason. My wife somehow thinks that, you know, I'm blessed or ultra lucky or something. I don't know. Could what be. Is. You know, you well, just never know. Some people are just luckier than others. I see guys hitting hands all the time playing poker, and then I see other guys, schmucks like me, who, you know, never <laughs> hit anything. So I mean, seem to be doing all right. I there. hit a, um, uh, in Vegas, they have, uh, poker machines in supermarkets. So as you're leaving wow. the supermarkets, and my mom, <laughs> well, of course, hang, and I, I, one night I hit a, uh, Royal Flush, twelve hundred bucks, and wow. and then I thought, wow, this is I can make a living at yeah. this, <laughs> which is exactly the wrong thing to think. Of. So your dad was involved in my dad was a blackjack dealer in right. Las, in Las Vegas. So yeah. any interesting stories that? Uh, no, he hated it he actually. Had... <laughs> no, he, it was a way to make a living. It right? was it was a good living, and right. sure. And at some point, the IRS did not tax your tokes or tips. Right, right. And so there was a lot of ca- he brought home cash every night. Well, like I was talking to my son, who's uh, uh, gambles a little bit more in the, the poker rooms. Mm-hmm. I play video poker. That's my thing. Right. I don't want to be messing with anybody else. Right. Like, me, me, mano a mano, me and the machine. <laughs> but my son plays uh, Texas Hold'em and those kind of poker games, and I don't remember where I was going. Oh, and he was talking about, you know, in being in Vegas, and if you're doing really well, like if you're playing blackjack, or, uh, and you'll put a bet up for the dealer. So that's his tip. So let's mm-hmm. say you've done really well, and you put a $5 chip up for him, and Somehow, as you're betting, now you're betting for him to win more. Mm. He can either lose what you've tipped him or, or win. Oh. And he said, and then funny, he said later the dealer would come back and after they got off their shift and sit down and start playing. Is that right? Yeah. In Pennsylvania, according to, <laughs> according to the bartender, you can't gamble if you, in a, in a casino in Pennsylvania, if you work at a casino in Pennsylvania. So, so we're going to re, rename the show the Casino Talk. Right. Hollywood Casino, Morgantown. <laughs> Morgantown. And slash classic cars. Classic cars. And we'll get to that as a byproduct. Hey, we sold a few this past yes, week as well, too. We uh, did. 24 sold. We sold them to where? Do you say that we sell them? Know. Isn't there a, is there a fanfare? I think there's uh, something on there. <laughs> Hello, Cleveland. <laughs> so we sold cars to. 
Clemson, New Jersey, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., Enola, Pennsylvania, Baltimore, Maryland, Stewartstown, New Jersey, Birmingham, Alabama, Tucson, Arizona, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Grove, Oklahoma, Stockholm, New Jersey, three to Nicktown, Pennsylvania, Central Square, New York, Independence, Missouri, Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, Somerset, Pennsylvania, Newtown, Pennsylvania, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, West Milford, New Jersey, Exton, Pennsylvania, Rockingham, Virginia, Phoenix, Arizona, and Pottsville, Pennsylvania. So a little diverse wow. this week. Yeah, two in uh, Arizona. I'm sure Stewartsville, New Jersey is a wonderful Stewart's town. Stewart's no, town. Yeah, oh, yeah, not Stewartsville. It's a perfect other. town, they say, <laughs> uh, from what I've been told by my people. I have researcher people yeah. who go out and, to tell me these things, right? So, uh, But anyway, um, people have been asking, and we talked about this last week, about why do we don't have all of our events on our website? It's mm-hmm. because it's been slow getting upgrades on things because of IT it's tough right now to get things mm-hmm. done. They don't go as quickly as, as they like. So we're working on that. So if you, if you're interested in events that are coming up here, hopefully on our website within the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to look on a calendar and see events, not only that are here at Classic Auto Mall, but events that we do out and about like Carlisle we're doing coming up and uh, Radnor Hunt Conqueror, which we're actually entering a car into the Radnor Hunt Oh, is that right? Conqueror. Yeah, the 1904 Cadillac. Oh, so. nice. So if we can get it running. And you got, you're at McCungie today? Is that? We're at McCungie today mm-hmm. and Corvettes at Carlisle mm-hmm. and, uh, and we're here. Right. You know, we're here, here. <laughs> <laughs> and coming up, we're doing two shows in, uh, um, uh, uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And we're doing Audrain, the, uh, Concord d'Elegance. Wow. In Newport, Rhode Island. And we're doing the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Again. Uh, again. That's a great event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it just gets better and better. And people just really love Chattanooga. It's a really neat town and it's got a great downtown vibe where they have all the cars lined up on the street instead of at a yeah. country club like mm-hmm. Amelia Island is or Greenwich is a park, uh, in Connecticut. This is actually a, a street area, which is kind of cool. I, I, you know, it's, I think the advantage or disadvantage to having a Concord d'Elegance at, on a, in a downtown area is there's a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. Whereas you put it out on a golf course, it's just lush green grass. Of course, the worst place to take pictures of a car is on grass. So no, really, <clears throat> so I've been told by people who know how to do those things because I don't. So, uh, but anyway, um, so we're out at those events. If you see us, come say hello to us. Normally, when we're out there, we're talking to people about the consignment process mm-hmm. at Classic Auto Mall. That's our. We don't go to those events to sell a car or to take cars to sell. We go there to talk to people about our process and how it works, and 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 we're getting some great cars in and some great collections mm-hmm. in. Uh, we're getting a guy uh, not far from here is bringing us thirty cars in the next three weeks. Uh, another wow. guy over in uh, uh, the, one of the I think Long Island is bringing us six car six or seven cars. My buddy up in Buffalo uh, is bringing us. 18 or 20 cars. What? Yeah. I need so. a bigger place. <laughs> yeah. 336,000 square feet ain't going to do it. Just isn't quite enough. I told my partner, like the first week we were here, I said, you know, it'll be funny one day. <laughs> and he and I didn't really know each other too well uh-huh. at this point in time. We were new, fresh partners, yep. if you will. And I said, won't it be funny the day I come to you and tell you we need to add on to this building? <laughs> He's like, well, you know, what are you talking about? That's we're never going to add on to this building. About a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago or whenever. I don't mm-hmm. know. He said, you think we might want to add on? <laughs> and we going up or? I, out or I think we'll have to go. We won't. I don't think we can go vertical. No, I mean, we can't. could, but you know, then you got a whole new roof issue and all yeah. that other stuff. So, um, 
And I think this weekend there's also a big event up at Maple Grove, but I don't know what it is. Uh, but I saw some tractor trailer rigs, the race car rigs at our hotel here. Mm-hmm. We, we have the 188 room Holiday Inn Morgantown, uh, right here connected to with walkthrough access to Classic Automall. So if you're here, we can stay there. And if we might there, have to put some of their cars in their, in their lobby. I- like, yes, yeah. we should fill in the swimming the yeah, yeah. swimming pool the that swimming they have, room. and we can add you know thirty cars over there. Nobody uses that uh, breezeway anyway. So yeah, just I mean, put some cars out there. Go swimming right in the middle of a lobby right. of a restaurant. It's weird. Yeah, it's very odd. But you know, it was a hollow dome or something they called them back in the day. I oh. think whatever that means. It was some definition of a upscale Holiday Inn. And of course, this Holiday Inn, and I don't know, maybe all of them were from this era and beyond. But in 1985 was actually built by Kimmons Wilson, the founder of Holiday Inn. So I don't know if they built all of them or, you know, if they franchise. I can't, I don't really know enough mm-hmm. about the hotel business, but, and I don't really care, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, but he had a personal hand in that and he was the one who developed and, and built the, the outlet mall as well too. So it was kind of a cutting edge thing, an mm-hmm. outlet mall in 1984, 85 when they were building it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't and, like you see them everywhere. Now. And it was successful. Very successful. Uh, for, yeah. for a time. Yeah. I mean. And then it became, then it morphed into a furniture outlet mall for some reason. I don't know the transition. If they just got a few furniture stores in and it just kept expanding mm-hmm. that end of it. And uh, so it was like a regular mall with, yeah. with regular clothes. And- well, regular mall, but an outlet mall, one of the first outlet ah, malls. Outlet so mall. like, you know, the Haynes t-shirt company could yeah. sell seconds and leftovers and stuff they couldn't sell during the regular season at their store. Right. And that's what the outlet mall became. And then outlet malls kind of became where well, we're just going to make stuff for the outlet mall, less quality uh, right, a shirt right. or a, a you know, hat or yeah, the secondhand clothes. Kind so of yeah, anyway, not secondhand, but very fascinating that we're talking about outlet malls now. When we have seven hundred cars in here, you got to change the intro, by the way. It says oh, it's yeah, hundred cars. I'm going to have to change it every week. <laughs> it changes every week, but uh, it is. It is. Uh, listen, I mean, people, and I want to thank people who come here and then post YouTube videos about their experience. Yeah, this is overwhelmingly positive, yes, and it's, it blows you. you away. It just yeah. it blows you away. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> nice stuff. You should never have given me <laughs> no, this. No, it's a great toy. All right, you can. It's, it's a little long. To, Maybe I should to, stop it. You have to hit it to stop it. Otherwise, it keeps applauding. But, but uh, yeah, no, there's good for my ego. Good reviews, and how could there not be? It's an amazing place. It yeah. really is a jaw dropper. Yeah, it really is pretty amazing. Well, can we make all the people happy all the time? No, that's no. impossible. But we try our best, and yep. we try our best. If you notice on our pictures and our descriptions that we tell you things that you probably wouldn't have known if you if you came out here and looked at the car without the pictures and the web website and everything that we do on that. Mm-hmm. So we do our best. We don't always get it a hundred percent right. We try to make it right, but uh, you just, you know, you, we we're, we're not perfect, but we certainly strive for it. With, um, with as many sales and consignments that you guys handle is bound to be an issue here and there, yeah, you, but in general, yeah, this is a the business has a great reputation out there, and it's a fun place to come. It's just a fun place to come. Yeah, you're a I mean, car guy. If you're if you're not here having fun, then I'm not sure why you're here. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean that in in all seriousness. <clears throat> that if if you're not coming here with a smile on your face. Well, you leave with a smile. Yeah, that's for sure. But, but don't, I mean, tired feet. Having expectations beyond reason. I think the problem is, is that a lot of people have never owned a classic car that are getting into the hobby, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
But they don't quite realize the difference between the car they see on television and the car that they see here might be, it looks similar, but it may be light years difference. And, and not every car is perfect. And these older cars, especially, they require upkeep and maintenance. And, you know, they're like an antique house or, mm-hmm. you know, anything that requires, you know, a little bit of maintenance and, and upkeep will go a long way with stuff like that. Cars today, you open the engine compartment, doesn't even look like an engine. Mm-hmm. It's just a big plastic hunk of something. It's true. You know? Change your oil. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> this tractor out here has a better and nicer engine than I have in my car. Yeah, that's a cool tractor. Got <laughs> for sale. For, for sale. sale. Yeah, we got a tractor with a. I think it's a three hundred two. Yeah. Yeah, with big stacks coming up uh-huh. inside, and uh, really a, a very cool new inventory. We got some new inventory in this week. We got a sixty-eight BSA Lightning motorcycle. Uh, this thing is like a Concord restored restoration. Uh, Pretty much no expense, open checkbook, we like to say, uh, uh, restoration. And it's beautiful, red and black. And it was, BSA was uh, the acronym for British or Birmingham Small Arms Company. And the IT was the bike of the late 60s that was really the one. This is a Lightning, but the IT was the one that was really the, mm-hmm. the, the motorcycle to have. And I don't think growing up I ever even, I know there was one guy in the neighborhood had a Norton Commander, and there was maybe, a bull taco or something mm-hmm. obscure and a Husqvarna. And that was everything else was Honda and Kawasaki and Yamaha and uh, Harley. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Harley as much so growing up where I grew up because, you know, it was Harleys were different then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they weren't, uh, they weren't the same thing as they are now. I would, I don't know how to say that any nicer. So, um, we also got in a 1979 Oldsmobile 98 Regency. Hmm. You say, now why would, why are we <laughs> talking about an Oldsmobile 98 Regency? Well, this one only has 2,650 original miles. It's, it's like fresh. It is brand spanking new. It is unbelievable. The interior looks like it just came off the showroom floor. Uh, it's got the Rocket 350 V8. I love when they named the engines. <laughs> Rocket for a 350 yeah. seems a little bit uh, wishful thinking. But, well, it's uh, better than the 301. What were they put in? 301s in a lot of them? 301s went in a lot of them. They were all of, of various ilk and manufacturers. They yeah. weren't all, um, you know, Oldsmobile didn't necessarily have an Oldsmobile engine in it. It could have right. a Chevy or a Pontiac yeah, right. or, or whatever. And I don't quite understand that maybe someday somebody will explain that to us. When we return, we'll talk about some more of the new inventory that we got in and some other uses. We have no guests today except me and you. So we're just, Steve and I are going to wing it today. It's like car talk. It's like click and clack. That's right. Which, are you click? Frick and frack. (laughs) My dad used to say. I don't know if I'm click or clack. So, uh, uh, but anyway, when we return, uh, we'll talk some more about some new inventory and some other things going on in the car world and a little bit more about Monterey and Pebble Beach that just happened uh, last week and some upcoming things that are going on. We'll talk to you in a minute. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in our dreamy look out into the parking lot because every time we do look out there, there's something cool pulling in. And apparently there's long pauses that uh, <laughs> Ethan needs to fill with some kind of music. Or that we have no idea that we're <laughs> right. which is completely lost. And look at the pretty shiny car. Yeah. You know, so we get that. So anyway, that Oldsmobile 98 that we were talking about, that was the flagship of Oldsmobile. But it's an odd choice for a car that you would put away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... um. You know, older people drove those. I mean, I remember right. my great aunt had one. Well, yeah, who would have an Oldsmobile 98? I guess they were in 1979. Our age now. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was 17 at the time. An Oldsmobile 98 would be a death sentence to be to, right. To right. Drive it, that. it was a parent or grandparent car. Absolutely. And uh, maybe that's why it's so low mileage. It just, it just. I don't know. Like grandma. But you know, the rich people in our neighborhood, and I've talked about this, drove Oldsmobiles and Buicks, mm-hmm. and, and the middle class drove Cadillacs and Lincolns. So the ones that had money didn't want anybody to know it, and the ones that didn't have money wanted everybody to think that they had money. So you know, this would be a great car for it's almost a uh, radwood quality a uh, radwood year I mean, oh that's, that's right 80s right. 90s is radwood is it officially like 1980 to 1999 i think you could bring a 79 and get away with it yeah you know you, you i mean especially the car this is that a bomb that just went <laughs> no my finger hit the stupid <laughs> microphone you may have to mute your dad Ethan. um just when i give you the wink <laughs> but um yeah, so it's an interesting car. It's carmine red over mm-hmm. red interior, um, turbo hydromatic 400, um, and the Oldsmobile 98 Regency. I don't know what the Regency stood for. It was probably just some fancy name. Like I don't know, but they ride like a dream. They, oh, they really my do. God. Um, my, my parents had a uh, Delta 88. I mean, you've had those here yep. as well. Uh, 85 Delta, 84 Delta 88 thing was mm-hmm. cush. Yeah, we cush. had we had one of those as well, too. Mm-hmm. I Who remember did? back in the 70s, 72 or 73, we had one. I think one of the first years they came out. And then my mother uh, drove. She had a, her favorite car was her Pontiac Catalina. It was mm-hmm. just a four-door hardtop Pontiac Catalina, but she loved that car. And then she ended up with a 74 Buick LeSabre with the 455. That's the one we used to flip the That's breather right. on. And really, she just couldn't figure out why I would make that funny noise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, some of the other new inventory, uh, the 77 Pontiac Grand Prix LJ. A special order paint color, uh, saffron metallic over black, uh, velour-ish interior, uh, numbers matching, 400 cubic inch V8, turbo hydromatic 400, comes with a window sticker, it's got all, you know, most of the options, uh, and the PHS docks, mm-hmm. uh, which are important to have, but I think a lot of people get confused by PHS documentation. Pontiac Historical Society is what the PHS stands for. And a lot of people think it has PHS docks. It means the car is all original. And it doesn't mean that. Mm. What it means is that what is on that sheet is what that car that you're sitting there in front of came with. Now, whether that's the original 400 cubic inch V8, whether that's this, that, or the other original transmission, original rear end, it doesn't verify that. But a lot of people have that mistake. Oh, it's got PHS documentation, so it's all legit. Well, it could have still had a replacement motor. And you know this by, by decoding the, num- the engine numbers mm-hmm. and the transmission numbers and the rear end numbers. And then you know for sure. Now, it's great to have it because it tells you that this particular car was born with a, let's say for an example, a 455 instead of a 400. That creates value. Mm-hmm. Um, or a 400 versus a 403 and 79 for the Trans Ams because they were putting Oldsmobile 403s again, as we were talking about. Mm-hmm. 
engines that didn't match their manufacturer. Right. So right. I guess they had a surplus of 403s. Why would they put those in a Trans Am makes absolutely no sense. Off the shelf, what do they call yeah. that? Parts bin? Parts bin or whatever. Yeah. A 400 four-speed would have been the car to have mm-hmm. in 79. A 403 four-speed would have been the second one. And then a 400, 403, oh, there goes a fastback Mustang. <laughs> Where's the music? Great looking car. Yeah, that is a great looking car. <sighs> Followed by the chase car, it looks like. So mm-hmm. they're pulling in. I bet you that one's coming for consignment. Oh, that's a beauty. I love fastback. Nothing like a fastback. Oh, a fastback Mustang to me is really the coolest Same ever. Same here. Yeah. And you know, our consignments this month are really through the route. 93 units with mm-hmm. about five days left to go. So we'll hit over 100 wow. consignments this month or 80 something <laughs> sales. It's just crazy, crazy, yeah. crazy. Um, another new car we got in this week, a 57 Ford Thunderbird in sunlit gold over ivory. It's basically yellow. It's called sunlit gold. This thing is spectacular. Is it? It's the nicest, one of the nicest Thunderbirds we've ever hmm. had. Uh, the 312 V8, and it's got the upgraded, it's, it's not a factory, uh, e-code. It's got uh, the upgraded dual quad setup. Is it over there? Is it the one? Uh, it's there? in the second room, two, oh, okay. uh, right. 109 or one, I can't right. remember. So anyway, um, frame off in 2012. Underneath looks like brand new. Really? Um, the paint is, as Peter says, near flawless. Uh, power steering and brakes got both tops. Mm-hmm. So it's basically three cars in one. Yeah. It's a convertible with a top down. Yep. It's a soft top up mm-hmm. and it's a hard top, hard top for the winter time. But what happens with those hard tops is a lot of times they're lost. They get either pulleyed up into, so what happens is they make a pulley system for these and Corvettes and Mercedes where you can hook on some hooks mm-hmm. and you can pulley up in your garage the, the uh, top and then store it above the car. And then when you decide you want to put it on, you just release the pulley and let it down and it goes right down onto the car. But a lot of times people sell the cars and forget about those or they put them up in the attic and really forget about them. They're like those luggage covers that they put like in the Jeeps or whatever, the, the retractable things yep. that cover your luggage in the back. They always get oh, lost. Oh, sure. There, there must be hundreds of thousands of those in people's yeah. oh, yeah, attics. Almost, and you can go to the junkyard to, to try to recover one of those. <laughs> yeah, probably find all you want. So, But anyway, this 57 Thunderbird is really a spectacular car. Hmm. And then, of course, the, the piece de resistance uh, that we've gotten in recently is the O2 Camaro ZL1 supercar. Um, these were just amazing cars in two, the, the, the official or unofficial last year of the Camaro, cause mm-hmm. 2002, they stopped building them until 2010, I think, or nine or eight or yep. somewhere around there. And, uh, but these were the last of the bad boys. This one has 3,704 original miles. It's, uh, they built 69 of them in, in, uh, uh, deference to the Z01 Camaro that was built in 1969 where they built 69 of those. Okay. And this is number 53 of 69. Hmm. It's got all its paperwork. It's a seven liter race case LS6. Um, this thing and one of 31 phase threes and the phase threes were, um, you know, all of the goodies and then some. They're like the, the top of the line for this particular one. And uh, it's got all the paperwork, and it's just unbelievable. It's a car that a lot of people didn't know was built. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm a car guy, but I'm not a Camaro guy. Right. I had no idea this thing existed. Yeah, yeah. You just don't realize that these things existed. And this thing has got... I don't know, somewhere north of 600,000, uh, or 600,000, 600 horsepower. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it, and it's kind of like a sheet, uh, what is it? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. It, it's just, it looks like a Camaro with some stripes. Like an SS. And st- an SS. Mm-hmm. Just a, and maybe some wider, you know, stance mm-hmm. to it and some bigger wheels and tires. But, uh, but come check it out. It's really cool. And then the other one we got in was a 34 Ford 40 
34 Ford 40 Roadster. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's black over saddle interior. It's got the 354 Hemi V8 really? and a Ford Roadster. Usually you see, you know, Chevy 350s in these mm-hmm. things. So uh, this thing's all steel. Uh, it's got the Sanderson headers, 700R4 automatic transmission, quick change rear end, dual quads as well on this one. And, uh, man, this thing is really well done. We've been getting some really nice hot rods in. We got two of the, uh, 34 zippers, which are those little, look like track tees or they're little smaller versions mm-hmm. and they're really well done, all steel bodied. And, uh, I take that back. I don't know if they're all steel bodied, mm-hmm. but we'll find out and we'll talk about them in the next couple of weeks or so. But, uh, but anyway, that's some of the new inventory. But like I said, 90 something cars in this month and, uh, and plenty more on the way with collections coming and, uh, and more as we do events and talk to more people out on the road and, and, out mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the world, and we're trying to expand our footprint a little bit. So if you got a nice car, yeah, then don't be afraid to bring it a little bit further. You know? Yeah, I'll be out at the uh, uh, what is it, the Arizona uh, Scottsdale uh, right. Concord Elegance. <laughs> I think they call it the Phoenix Concord Elegance or Arizona. When in is January, that? In January, in January. So I'll, I'll represent. I'll bring yeah, some cars back. Yeah, we'll, we'll expect <laughs> a truckload of cars if you can figure out where you're actually going. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're out uh, at a lot of these events, and it may just be. Sometimes we have our truck and trailer. We have two two rigs now. One that's white with all the graphics on it. One that's black with all the graphics on it. And then we have a little pop up tent that we take to some events. And then other events, we just go and mm-hmm. with our shirt on and mm-hmm. hand out cards. Yeah. And talk to people exactly, and uh, we do that a lot at car shows and clubs and that cruise ins and that kind of thing. That's right. Where, you know, talking to people about options on how they can sell their car because it's kind of a pain in the butt to sell your own car. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to go through anymore. It's not the old days. You know, in the old days, you had open titles and guy give you ca- a bag of cash and. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a big deal. Now, nobody wants a bag of cash because they don't know what to do with it and they don't want to take it to the bank and you can't leave an open title because that's illegal and it was back then, but uh, it wasn't really as enforced back mm-hmm. then as mm-hmm. it is now. Uh, and it should have been because open titles leave all kinds of problems for a guy who was the owner. If that car is used in a crime, mm-hmm. something happens, uh, somebody gets hurt because of that car and it's still in your name and you've left an open title to somebody, man, you could be liable for stuff that, you know, didn't have anything to do with. Right. You've, I sold that car five years ago. Well, not according to all the records, you mm-hmm. know. but now they've, I mean, that's really changed a lot. And, and, and I think it's important that, 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 that paper trail does go to the right person because you don't want to be liable for something. You know, it all sounds well and good until it's not well and yeah. good, you know, so. And when consigning a car, make sure that the VIN matches <laughs> oh on the God. title because sometimes that gets twisted <laughs> around and. I can't tell you a lot of numbers. I can't tell you how many times we see problems on (laughs) VINs that, that they don't match what's on the title. I don't know how it happens. I don't understand it. I I don't understand why the state of Pennsylvania or the state of Maryland or the state of Texas or the state of Mm -hmm. whomever has these things that slip through the cracks. Yeah. Either ask for a tracing or a picture of the VIN. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't understand that. But the problem is, is that most people never think to check their VIN. When you buy a car, what's the first thing you do? You go drive it. You know, the first thing you should do, is grab the title, walk out to the car, look at the van if it's on the dash or in the door or in the door jam or wherever it mm-hmm. happens to be, and make sure that those numbers match. And they're not just, oh, that's a five and that's an S. Oh, that's that's just as much of a problem if it's completely wrong. And a lot of times what will happen is, is the guy had two 1940s, and he gives you the wrong title mm-hmm. for the wrong one. And the other one goes with the wrong wow. title with the other one. And wow. then years later – 
somebody like us has to be the bad guy and call up the consigner and say, oh, guess what? Your title doesn't match your vehicle. And, of course, panic ensues because now the consigner is thinking, well, have I been robbed? I Mm -hmm. mean, what's what happens next? The good news is is that – for the most part, they're fixable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are cars that are out there, including cars that we own, that do not have titles that were bought from an estate. And they were bought in the 60s or 70s when nobody really cared about titles and all that. And it didn't really matter. And you were buying a 40 Ford Coupe for a parts car. You didn't think much about it. Then all of a sudden you decide, eh, I'm not going to do the project on this car. Let's get a, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to sell it. Well, you got no title. And they're not easy to get. And there's a whole lot of mm-hmm. bonds and, you know, inspections and all kinds of stuff that you got to go through to try to get a title for one of these things. And it's not easy. And we sell cars from time to time, race cars that, that are without a title on a so bill, call it bill of sale, bill of sale mm-hmm. only. Uh, but the problem is, is that when you sell a car and a guy says, okay, now how do I get a title? I can go to my DMV and get a title, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's sold on bill of sale only. But you can get me a title, right? How do I get a title? I don't know. If you if you don't know that answer, I don't know that. It's answer. state to state. I think you can, it is state you to can state. apply for one, but but you have to have a lot of hoops mm-hmm. and documentation. And so normally, what we tell people is, look, if you're buying a car that's on a bill of sale without a title, either use it as a parts car, never planning to have it titled, or know a way to get it titled. And I think there are ways that you can do that. And in different states have different rules right. with regards to that. And maybe that's one of the things that we've talked about is that maybe the one thing that I would like to see the government get more involved in is the general generalization of titles between state to state. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. In the old days, you sold within your county, not even your whole mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. Now, you very, I mean, I bought our Jeep that we just got in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I bought another car in Atlanta. I bought, you know, cars that I'm buying personally. Uh, I'm buying them in other states. So, and then you get a title that one way is one way and this needs notarized and that's not notarized and the lime and the coconut and call me. <laughs> it's just <laughs> too much. So, but anyway, when we return, uh, we'll talk about more useless trivia knowledge and classic cars and we'll be back with the classic automall podcast, which I failed to mention that our website, classicautomall.com and podcast at classicautomall.com. If you have any questions, talk to you in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford? or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you. Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automall Podcast. And- 
beautiful, sunny Morgantown, Pennsylvania. It's beautiful out there today. Morgantown, Berks County. Berks County. Berks County. Right in the craw of it. It is, in yeah. The v. That's right. We're at the bottom of Berks County. We're at the, bo- <laughs> we're at the Next bottom. Next to Lancaster. We're the bottom feeders of the counties. <laughs> an hour east of Carlisle. Yeah. So if you're at Carlisle, at mm-hmm. any event, either, either well, you won't hear this till after right. Corvettes of Carlisle, but Cor- uh, Car- Carlisle Fall, 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 which is coming up with the auction Love and that. Swap, uh, swap Me mm-hmm. and all of that is coming up. We're only an hour from there. Yeah. So you could get up like it, you could leave Carlisle at like eight in the morning, mm-hmm. come here, be here at nine when we open. Check us out for a couple of hours. We'll be back at Carlisle by 11, 30, 12 o'clock. That's right. And, and have enjoyed multiple things. So, you know, it's, um, it's a car lover's dream here, they say. It is a car lover's <laughs> dream, wet and dry. <laughs> says who? Says us. We can say whatever we want, well, right? It's our show. According to the reviews on social media and everywhere else. And like people, I said, YouTube, people really enjoy people, the experience. Yeah. And why wouldn't they if you like cars? Yeah, it's um, it's it's a lot of fun. Sometimes I have to stop and smell the roses. I mean, you can go to Carlisle and, and look at all 700 Absolutely. Corvettes. Absolutely, but yeah. If you want variety, you yeah. got to come here. You got to come here. I mean, there's we have probably 40, I think we have 48 Corvettes in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, a variety of everything else. Did that C, we, C8 sold? We ever sell Which that one? white? We had a white Oh, the C8. white one. I think it did sell. I, I think it sold. So we don't have every generation right now. So we're looking for C8s. If you yeah. want to consign your C8s. Yeah, be a perfect time. Steve S. at ClassicAutomall.com. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. I just could feel that. Wow. Well, you, you know. You know throwing that, that. So if you want to consign it with Steve, call Steve. <laughs> He'll be glad or to help you. Or podcast at ClassicAutomall. Or podcast at ClassicAutomall. And then I get to dole out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing you got to watch for. So, hey, there was something I've been meaning to talk about, and it's called Save Our Race Cars. And, uh, at, uh, uh, the recognizing the protection of motorsports act, the RPM act is something that's been in Congress and been voted on, uh, here recently. And it's, uh, been reintroduced in the 2021, 22 Senate. Um, it's, it's a, it's a law enacted to guarantee your right to modify your car, truck, or motorcycle into race vehicles and to make sure that parts are available to do that as well. And they don't outlaw all this stuff because mm-hmm. we're worried about all that. You know, there's, there's too much going on. So a million five, 1.5 million letters were written about this RPM act. And so, um, you know, we're going to hope that uh, they figure out a way to, to preserve our hobby, uh, racing side of it and general public side of it as well, too. We talked about that off the air just a minute ago, but, uh, so it's one of those things that, uh, obviously near and dear to our heart and to our pocket because this is how we make a living, mm-hmm. uh, with, cars and combustion engines and yes we sell electric cars as well too um but you know certainly we don't want the hobby to disappear because we can't buy fossil fuels for our cars mm-hmm. um and you and i were talking about this new law in california 2035 they're going to outlaw the sale or not outlaw maybe a harsh term for it they're going to ban the sale of combustion engine gasoline powered vehicles and i'm sure that'll go over well <laughs> I, I mean, can the mass exodus from California <laughs> yeah, again? The tilt. Yeah, um, exactly. They're going to keep raising our real estate prices here because right. they're all even People with all that money that. They oh yeah, I, I told you, Southern Utah. Everybody's moving to Southern Utah because it's, it's it's cheap. It, well, was, it was, it was, it was. And now it's God. now it's cannot. Median price is like four fifty for a house in Southern Utah. It used yeah. to be like a hundred thousand. A hundred would get yeah. you a nice house. Yeah. And you know, you see that. I mean, it's just unbelievable how many, uh, the prices of, I look at that Zillow, I get a 
email mm-hmm. from time to time and it'll show the one year difference of a average cost of a house in a certain area of Florida or right. whatever went from 425 to 675 right. in one year crazy. so the average price goes up $225,000 mm. in one year did we get off on another team? Yeah, we did. It came know. from California. I know, I know. You know, did I tell you our kids moved out to Colorado and they live right next to Pikes Peak? Oh, right? is that right? Yeah. Oh, you did tell you. Yeah. My bucket list is to That's go right. to Pikes Peak. Of course, we're going to go uh, coming up this Labor Day uh, to visit them, and we'll go up to Pikes Peak. But there won't be any racing. Can or, you? Dr- you can't drive. I the think track. you can. Can I, you drive the track? I, I think the track is just a road. Is it? I don't know. We'll don't find know out either. when we get there. I just know I want to go. I'm not really sure of all the like details. A, what could possibly go wrong to leave a, <laughs> that track open? With, with no guardrails <laughs> and those guys. I, those, if you ever watch any of that Pikes Peak, it's unbelievable. It, it I mean, balls out. it's just on the edge of, you know, just one little mistake and you're done. Yeah. You know, it's like those free climbers, those guys that rock climb. Yeah, right. Climb. Exactly. I mean, it's just on living on the edge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to go check it out and see how much fun that is or not is. And then one of these days we'll go out there when it's actually the race mm-hmm. uh, up Pikes Peak. They were funny. They were having problems this year with it. Uh, the Teslas that were supposed to do really, really well going up there were, I guess their instrument clusters were fogging out or the screens were fogging or <laughs> something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was dust or if it was, you know, the change in humidity yeah. or something. It went from cold to hot or hot to cold or whatever. So, uh, but that's, Definitely one on the bucket list that I've mm-hmm. wanted to go to. And I don't know if it'll be the same uh, it, when we go, then there's not a race going on there. If we just drive up there and like, all right, this is a nice road. Go bird watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really into that. Steve. All right. You know, I mean, if you are, that's cool. And I don't, I don't, you know, <laughs> condemn you for it. Right. Um, the other thing I was reading about the other day too, and this has been a couple of weeks ago. I have it on my list of mm-hmm. 800 things to talk about, and I only get that four uh, in my show. Uh, the Kyle Petty Ride Across America. They raised 1.8 million dollars for charity, uh, the Victory Junction Camp, which is Kyle Petty, Kyle and the, the Petty family's mm-hmm. uh, uh, charity camp. And 225 riders. Uh, they've raised uh, 20 million dollars for Victory Junction over the years since 1995, and uh, they've. 8,800 riders have logged nearly 12.6 million miles in, uh, in the, uh, ride across America. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? That, you know, people like that, that give back of their time and their money and their effort and, and all that to, to help people that are, you know, unfortunate or don't have mm-hmm. the, the same breaks that everybody has or never get to experience things. And, you know, a lot of kids in these inner cities don't know what it's like to hang out on a farm and, you know, to nature and go fishing mm-hmm. and bird watching, bird watching, <laughs> car watching. <laughs> so anyway, hats off to them and uh, we'll uh, hope that they can continue to do that as long as they don't have to. Well, maybe they'll get electric motorcycles. So, right. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to keep harping on that, but I am going to talk about it a little bit more. But um, we uh, we were talking about the Myers-Banks dune buggy. That they're making an electric. It's oh, really right. cool. It's it's like the spiritual and physical successor to the original Dune Bucky built uh, 58 years ago. Bruce Myers built in uh, Newport Beach, California. And, man, that thing was an instant hit. Yeah. An absolute just out-of-the-box hit. Well, 
they're bringing it back and it's electric and it's actually pretty cool. Uh-huh. You know, so here I am spouting about how much I'm, you know, not sure about the electric cars and here I am spouting about this Myers Mac, but it, I'm telling you it, when you see a picture of it, you'll have to check it out. Uh, go on the internet. I think I did see uh, something on, on the internet about it. I think, uh, wouldn't it be cool if they took one up uh, Pikes Peak? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if Stuart got to take one up Pikes Peak? That would be now, cool. That would be really, really cool. So, but anyway, you know, we have a dune buggy in stock, by the way. And we I do. I cannot believe this thing has not sold. I, I swear. If I, had, if I had garage space in it and money, <laughs> that thing would be sold already. It's awesome. Yellow. It's got a lightning bolt on it for Elvis. Yeah. It's cool. You're such an Elvis. <laughs> I mean, that's what I, that's how I look at a lightning bolt. But yeah, of course uh, you're a TCB. It's got the Volkswagen engine. TCB. Whole, yeah, TCB. Taking so, care of business. That's right, man. That's right. Uh, I want to see that Elvis movie. You've seen it 12 times already? Yeah, right? no, once, but uh, I'll probably see it again. It's a quality movie. Yeah. We saw Top Gun, the Maverick. Uh, right. Yeah, you told, yeah, yeah we talked pretty about good. that last week. Yeah, pretty good. But uh, the Elvis movie I'm really looking forward to. There have been a lot of Elvis articles on Facebook lately. They'll have these interesting articles and excerpts from buddies of his, Esposito, the yep. guy who was his, or Priscilla, or any of the people mm-hmm. that were involved in his life. It's really kind of fascinating. So uh, He's back in the news. Back in the news. And never dies. Never dies. And He's actually bigger now than he than he was, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, he certainly makes more money now. Than the estate did. makes more money oh, than yeah. he ever made. I mean, a good year for him back then was... Yeah, five million, maybe. five million, maybe. And I know that sounds, that's a lot of money. Don't don't get it wrong when we like we're diminishing the five million dollars. Not that much when you spend four point five of it. <laughs> well, not so much if you buy eighty Cadillacs for your friends. You that's know? right. And he was very generous. Very actually. generous. He buy strangers to Cadillac. He did a lot of charity too that yeah. he didn't talk about. Yeah, and you know what? That's again getting back to that. Right. It's, uh, how important that is to uh, to give back when you when you're you know yep when you've got the wherewithal to do it. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about, uh, you know, this, the ban of internal combustion gasoline engines in California. Now they're not banning the cars that are, uh, that are already on the road or that are already there or even used cars that people are selling. It's right. just the new cars. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Is it going to work? I mean, is there going to be enough electric cars for all of California to, to have an electric car if that's what they want to buy new? I don't know. The leadership of California has contempt for they call it fossil fuels. It's not even fossil fuels, right. technically. And uh, some of us see fossil fuels and the energy it provides as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people around the world who would kill for oil, right? Uh, and and do and don't and do, <laughs> yeah, and do uh, or don't have it. And uh, this sort of demonization of the, uh, the oil industry is, yeah. is counter to a car guy culture. Well, as as you and I have talked about, it's funny is that uh you can run a new car inside this building and you'll never know that a car ever run. There's no emissions, there's mm-hmm. no smoke, there's no burning of your eyes. You know, some of these older cars we start in here and it's not pretty. And that's why we try not to ever start them inside the building. Right. We always take them outside. And that's why we have the Stringo, uh, which mm-hmm. moves them around without having to start them. So it's an important thing to know. And, but, and as we talked about off air, there, there there's no free lunch. So no. there's, there's a cost to uh and there's there's an efficiency to gasoline that yeah. you can't really match or it's always going to be supporting this sort of green energy yeah. and i'm okay with that mm-hmm. in certain instances i think it works well but mm-hmm. i don't think that it's a complete answer to things right. so one of the questions that somebody had the other day that said how do you measure horsepower in an electric car no oh. so one kil- question. one kilowatt equals mm-hmm. 1.369 horsepower so a 100 kilowatt motor is produces 136 horsepower. Right. So, and I, I never really knew that equation because I always wondered, do you, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Is there, is there a way that you can do it without putting it on a dyno? And I guess you could put it on a dyno, but the torque, the interesting thing about an electric vehicle is that the instant torque 
you know, any other car has to get to a certain RPM to achieve its maximum torque. Right. I guess a, a golf cart or a electric car is just immediate, right? Yeah, it's like you say <laughs> golf carts because that's what I think of. If you because people have probably had experience in their lives driving a golf cart when you hit the gas or take your foot off the quote unquote gas pedal, it stops. But when yeah. you press it, it goes yeah. right away. Now multiply that. I don't know how many kilowatts these, these things are. I got to imagine they're 20 at best. Right. At best. So multiply yeah. that by five or 10. <laughs> yeah. And now you're talking the power. I mean, it is, listen, Tesla and all those others are, they're fun to drive. Yeah. Tesla Plaid is an amazing car. Unbelievable. Yeah. They've got the, and then the Rivian, uh, yeah. new stuff that's coming out from the lightning them, and, and all the that. lightning is, you know, they're really cool. And I, I Again, not opposed to them. Just uh, think that there's a place for them as well, too. You know, I, I think that uh, sometimes it's we we have a tendency in this country to be all or nothing, and I don't think that that's well, all. California, the especially, <laughs> you're really hard on them. That's why you don't live there anymore. That's right. right. Exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of people that don't live there anymore, and they're all raising our real estate prices because of it. Right so back to that when discussion. We, <laughs> yeah, when we return, we will continue our inane jibber jabber about jibber jabbering. Uh, when we return to the classic auto mall. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> We're back with the classic all If you take better care of your equipment, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this one gets tossed around by from guests. Oh, nobody knows how to use it. <laughs> those dumb yeah, guests. Those they, guests. They know nothing. We love our them. guests. We love our guests. Always looking for new ones. So let me. I got a question for everybody, listeners, and you. What do you see out there in the parking lot? I think it's a WRX, but yeah, it's a STI. Uh, that's a Maxima. You know that they way down. There. Oh, you know what? I just saw. The Maxima is finally being discontinued after 42 years. Is that right? In the 2023 model. What, it was the definition of a sports sedan mm-hmm. back when we were growing up. It was square. It was, it was more square, square but that? it was a, it was a sports sedan and had the Nissan, uh, 240Z engine in it. Oh. So they had a little bit of pep to mm-hmm. them back in the day. They were kind of like the first Supras, which were just kind of a gussied up Celica. I had one of those, a 70. Did you? Is this 81? And it was champagne colored with some kind of, Aftermarket wheels and uh, it was pretty. It was cool. It was cool and it was kind of luxurious and cool. And I had that a Z twenty eight seventy eight Z twenty eight and uh, what was my Blazer an eighty 
no, 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 79 mm. Chevy Blazer, nice. which was, uh, I wish I had that back. Mm-hmm. I'll, the rest of them, I'll, I'll, Ethan, he just brings out the worst in me. Um, but anyway, um, sorry, I got a little bit diverted. But the Nissan Maxima, after all these years, and I don't know any of the details on it, um, first gens had the 2.4 liter inline six, uh, from the 240Z. So interesting, uh, the Maxima finally going away after many, many years. So I got to ask all our listeners and you a question. Do you do the same thing I'm doing when you're behind a car in the fast lane and you're trying to get around? Do you, when you're behind a slower car, you steer a little to the right. So the people behind can see that it's not your fault that you're not going. <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody yeah. does. That, I do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or I go to the left to figure out why this, why, yeah. why are you going so slow? There's and, something in front of you. And then you get in the marbles and it's like the trucks that get in the marbles in front of you that all of a sudden start throwing uh, rocks at well, your yeah, new yeah. windshield and, oh, and whatever. But, uh, uh, you know, the, I don't, it, for, for whatever reason, the people in this country, the people, don't understand that the left lane is for passing only. <laughs> they do not understand that. And in, in Germany, in the, in the Autobahn, mm-hmm. is if you're caught in the left-hand lane without passing somebody, it's a fine. I mean, it's a big fine. They they frown upon And right lane, passing in the right lane is completely a no-no uh, in Germany. But... Uh, but even here in the United States, it's, it's, I think the ticket is like 200 bucks in Pennsylvania if you're, but they never enforce it. Right. You That's know, a tough one. It's a difficult one to, uh, enforce. And, you know, I get that. It's, but, but get over. And it doesn't matter if you're going the speed limit. You still should get over into the right hand lane. The problem in Pennsylvania roads is the right hand lane is usually worse than the left. Super slow. Lane. No, no, no. Not slow. Oh. Bad condition. Oh, yeah. The, the left lane seems to be a little better because it has less truck traffic because uh, most of the trucks know to get over to the right hand lane. So that's my take on that. Uh, you know, the Autobahn still has no speed limit, hmm. but, um, but what happens is if you're going over, I think the, the recommended mandated general speed advisory speed limit is the way they put it is 81 miles per hour. Um, it's not illegal to go faster, but if you're going faster and you're in an accident, then you increase your liability of mm-hmm. the accident. So it's a scale of some sliding version that uh, if you go faster, if you're going 90 and you are in an accident, you get some kind of penalty of that. And your insurance company may have to pay, even though you may not have been at fault if the other guy's going 81 or something. Is so. there a slow lane on the autobahn? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, if, the right lane. is. And the, the, so that's, yeah. that's 81 miles an hour? Well, it's not. I don't think it's – I think it's whatever – you can't go slower. You shouldn't go slower than 81 miles an hour. I mean, well, you certainly shouldn't go slower on any highway because it's dangerous. Right. I mean, nothing worse than coming up on a car doing 40 and you're doing 81. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, perception of depth all of a sudden gets really oh, yeah. wonky when you're, when you're really coming up on somebody at a, at a fast speed. Yeah. So, so yeah. So get out of the left lane right now. Every one of you in your car right mm. now, get out of the left lane. If you're not passing somebody, mm. otherwise I'm going to write you a ticket. I'm going to do a citizen's arrest ticket thing. What if there's, Cars, well, you're always, that means you're always passing. I'm saying yeah, there's always passing, cars in the right lane. Then you're passing. And you're going faster than them. Yeah. Then you're, you're passing. Then you're passing. And it doesn't matter if the guy in the left-hand lane is going, if you're going the speed limit, mm-hmm. you still get over. And don't worry about me going over the speed limit. That's for me to worry about. Right. But get out of the, because it causes more wrecks when people pass on the right-hand side and try mm-hmm. to, you see it all the time. They mm-hmm. try to get around a truck or something. And, and, you know, the truck drivers for the most part are pretty good about it, but some of them are, just wait so long after they passed a, another truck to get over. 
And that's what causes people to get anxious and, you know, before you know it, they're making a goofy mistake and causing an accident. So get out of the left lane, quit causing accidents, right. and I promise I will stop <laughs> on my uh, uh, soapbox. On Tirade. My, <laughs> it wasn't really a <laughs> So what was your, what is your favorite shifter design? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the uh, pistol grip is yeah, pretty cool. Uh, I mean, there's nothing cooler than that. <laughs> I don't know. The Ferrari gated is pretty gated, cool. Gated, it's cool, but come on. A pistol grip? <laughs> you have one right over there. We it, do. It it's, is. It's, it's, I mean, that's creative and sick. Yeah, I love that. I love that uh, that 74 Corvette that's got the pattern of the shifter like you would see on oh, the Corvettes, yeah. except it's for the Tremec six-speed that it's got in it. I like the Ferrari gated a lot because it's really cool looking and it's a manual transmission, but also... The Hearst his and hers shifter was really cool. Right, right, right. Where you had the normal shifter yep. on the on the console, uh, but you could go to the right, and it had a whole other gated area that you could manually shift. Right. And I don't know what changed from one side to the other. I mean, I know that they called his the one that was manual, and hers where you just put it in drive. Right. Which is sexist, and I don't condone. <laughs> we don't condone. That. We don't condone that at all. But. um but for some, I don't know what changed in the shift points or if anything changed, but those were really cool shifters back in the day. Oh, now I've got you. Oh, I got to go on the internet. What's the one? <laughs> is it Marlin? Is it the Marlin? Uh, that had like two shifters. I think it, uh, it oh, was the lightning shifter. They had the Hearst Olds had oh, the that lightning did too. shifter. Yeah, that that did was too. like three and those things didn't work very well. Yeah. They were like drag cars that had the right, right, pro, right. pro stock cars used to have the each gear had its own shifter. So you'd grab one, grab one, grab one, That's grab right. one. I think the Marlin and, had one too. You mean, you're talking about the AMC Marlin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need Marlin ship. Yeah. That, oh, wait. I'll find it. You keep talking. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> is it the Marlin? Is it AMC Marlin? Is that the name of the car? I, I'm pretty you know, sure. I, I'm pretty sure it was, I mean, who else would have made the Marlin? <laughs> right. I see there's nothing on the internet. They blocked it. They blocked it. It's, Somehow, a, it's a gas guzzler. <laughs> I'm sure you maybe have a California phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're all California. Yeah, it had a twin, had a twin shifter. Yeah. So yeah, what was had, the purpose of the, the, the two shifters? I don't know. I have to read up on it and I'll get well, back to you next yeah, week. Yeah. So don't bring it up unless you've done your homework because <laughs> now you got me all uh, worried about it and I'll have to go look it up myself. And you know. Yeah, there's two of them. Had a double shifter. Somebody will, hey, podcast at classicautomall.com if you own a Marlin or an AMC aficionado. Yeah, let us know what we're missing about this because we can't seem to find it on the internet. Do you see where, speaking of the internet, it's on the internet. Newman Haas Racing is selling 42 of their Indy cars at auction in October. RM Sotheby's is handling it. And uh, one of the winningest winningest teams in uh, Indy car history, 28 years, they've won 105 races and eight championships. Hmm. Um. Pretty unprecedented. Although, what do you do with an Indy car if you buy it? A lot of people buy them and just stick them in their collection yeah. and then just as a display piece and look, oh, I have a car that was driven by Al or Jr. or Jimmy Johnson or whoever, um, uh, or Rick Mears or mm-hmm. Penske. And, uh, but then a lot of people are vintage racing those. Mm. So you're seeing a lot of guys now who are buying these cars and actually using them for what they were designed to do, which is to, to go out on the racetrack. You almost have to have a crew, right? You yeah, you really pockets. do. I mean, you know, I watch these vintage race car guys when we go, when we sponsor, uh, Harry Dinwiddie's car down in Road Atlanta and Road America and Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Man, they got a pretty serious team of guys because, mm. It's no different than a, than a, than a sanctioned race, a NASCAR race or an IndyCar race that even if you're historic and it's, it still requires a guy who knows how to start it, a guy who knows how to change tires, a guy who knows how to tweak it, a guy who knows how to, you know, strategize and work the mm-hmm. computers and 
all of that. So it's, it requires just as much. And some of these teams are pretty awesome. Their, their rigs are, uh, you can't even believe it. This is for no money. Yeah. And know. it basically can rebuild an engine in the back of a truck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and of course with these, the way they swap motors out anymore, you can probably just get a replacement motor. <clears throat> Although I don't know, uh, this answer and maybe you do, or maybe somebody does like on an Indy car, are they serial numbered to go with the car or no? Probably oh, not. Probably not. So I don't really know if you would ever know if you had a matching number right. Indy car or NASCAR or any of those. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't, but, but, uh, I can't imagine there's any kind of numbers at reverence because they change those like we change, you know, pants. I think uh, they probably are just for the, just to know what engine they're using, but not matched to a, any chassis. They're yeah. modular. It's like, right. take it out, put it in, take it out. Cause I would imagine that, you know, you look at the 935 Porsches from back in the seventies and eighties, they probably had multiples in, I mean, in a racing season, you might go right. through a couple of three engines, sure. right? I don't know anymore, but, uh, or at least rebuild it, you know? Yeah. Well, rebuild it. And, but, uh, you know, Formula One, if you replace your, your power plant, uh, which they call it now because yeah, they, Whatever, um, they, they, you get penalized like 10 places on the grid. I think it is. I think that's what's happening this coming weekend and wherever they're racing is that, that uh, Max Verstappen, the points leader is going to be get like a 10 place grid penalty because mm-hmm. they had to replace his engine because our power plant, excuse me, uh, because for whatever reason, I mean, you know, you think those things are so technologically advanced that. It's hard to believe that they would even break. And I know that sounds a little simplistic, but I mean, you know, you've got a staff of guys, your payroll is like $180 million for guys to just do nothing but think about a or two race cars. You know, the Formula One is two, two cars per team, 10 teams, and that's all they do. So Mm -hmm. you would think that everything would be perfect, Mm -hmm. but they're not. They still make mistakes. They still make errors in the pit. They still grab the wrong tires to put on a car. They, you know, they grab, grab the hard compound and they were supposed to grab the soft compound or, right. or they miss the rules or something happened to the pit when they're not supposed to. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that there would be any mistakes at all at that level, but we're all human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with the best of the computers and all that, you're still things that can, can go wrong. But, uh, anyway, um, what do you do with an IndyCar? Whatever the hell you want, I guess, if you yeah, buy one. So right. check it out. October 29th, RM Sotheby's is handling that sale, and uh, it ought to be interesting to see that many IndyCars going up for sale. And I, I think a lot of guys are realizing that now, if not, you know, that it's the time to sell. The market is really hot. Monterey was huge mm-hmm. last week. And we got uh, – I don't know that I talked – or touched much on it last time uh but uh the winning uh, car for uh the Pebble Beach Concorde Elegance was a 32 Duesenberg Model J Fagoni Sport Torpedo that's the seventh Duesenberg to win the best of show mm. at Pebble which is a record for any individual Actually, Model J. So, I mean, well, maybe not. It's probably just the Duesenberg. It's Model J's and others as well. And the first American car to win Best of Show since a Packard in 2013. So it's a lot of Mercedes and different ones that win uh, over the years. But uh, but anyway, congratulations to them. And gosh, there was a whole lot of stuff I wanted to talk about that we didn't. <laughs> so anyway, we'll catch you next time. The Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914. 
or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.